such a phenomenal football player. Došli u Nuggets Srbija, danas ćemo imati još jednu epizodu sa specijalnim gostom iz Denvera gde ćemo diskutovati o draftu i mladim igračima. Prvo da počnemo, teo sam samo da napravim uvod na srpskom, da vam se zahvalim na razumevanju što ste sa nama i ako ćemo skačkati na engleski u toku ove off-sezone, ali ovo nam je prilika da dobijemo dobre goste dok sezona nije počela i dok naš fokus takođe ne pređe na skrozno utakmice, tako da sa tim so welcome everybody, let's extend our warm welcome uh, to our special guest. He's a great staff writer on DMVR Sports. He's a charismatic presence on the DMVR Podcast Network and a relatively new diehard Nuggets fan, as most of us are in Serbia. He's kind of in the same boat. So, uh, Brendan Vogt, welcome, Brendan. How are you feeling? Oh, I'm stoked to be here, guys. Thanks for I got nervous for a second there that we were going to do this whole podcast in Serbian. And I was going to say I did not do my homework. Uh, I downloaded Rosetta Stone, but I haven't quite learned the language yet. Uh, no, I'm excited to be here, though, guys. Yeah, we're, we're happy to have you. Yeah. Air horns. There it is. There it is. Uh, and also, of course, with us, we have uh, Milan in uh i think you're in belgrade right now yep, right yep yep I'm in belgrade. and we have misla who's in uh, one of Slavonsky. the four studios there yeah. <laughs> slavonsky broad and this air horn will probably be the only thing uh how will i contribute to this podcast so. oh no we're, we Thank have you. we have some general <laughs> topics great stuff brother <laughs> we have some we have some general topics that we'll, we'll talk about more than more than just specific players but we definitely want to hear about brendan because he's doing a coverage on on the on the nba uh, 2020 draft and he's got some great pieces but first uh you know to get to, to so our audience to get to know you if the ones that don't uh, i was thinking recently so you might be the most relatable presence a journalist that covers the nuggets to us serbians uh because we both kind of as i said we're kind of in the same boat with the with the denver uh, diehard fandom like we kind of came in with Jokic and was it at around, around the time that you kind of came in with him and Gary Harris maybe the absolutely before? that's right so yeah. yeah what was your journey to Denver like what did you start how did you get into all this oh uh, man it's a complicated beginning I th- I mean to to sum it up I started the way I think a lot of people that listen to Adam Mars and Harrison Wind um approach it right now I mean I was just listening to those guys I lived in Los Angeles I was working in Hollywood um Big basketball fan, had recently turned my attention to the Nuggets, just kind of perusing with League Pass. Right when Jokic star- uh, began starting, was it, that was December, was December, it 2016, yeah. right? 16, yeah. Um, so good timing there, and I just loved the team. So, you know, as as a lot of you guys did, when I started Google and Nuggets, Adam's name came up, TJ Harrison. So these podcasts filled my lunch break. They were like the way I thought, you know, filled my time outside of work. Pretty, pretty shortly after that, I was doing that instead of work, getting in trouble with my boss, um, and just kind of like getting into the idea of watching as much basketball as I can, started blogging a little, um, and eventually it just, uh, TJ reached out to me on Twitter, a couple other guys did, and said, you know, there's a path to you covering this team, so I, I made the move, kind of a leap of faith, um, but it's it worked out, I, I made the right connections, you know, Harrison and Adam and, and all those guys, and um Man, sometimes I still pinch myself when I when I realize I get to do this for a living every day. It's cool. Yeah, I mean it is it is definitely. I mean, obviously for us it's still uh, like a side hobby and stuff. But that's that's a that's a great story because I mean those and you know you can kind of see the the charisma in, the, in those podcasts you guys do and you you know there we had him you know we had Adam here and Eric and they're very great people. So it's it's not surprising that you guys clicked. And, We're real friend, you know that dynamic. We hope it shines through because. I mean, that's really how we, we treat each other, you know, and, and those guys, we're, it's it's a real friendship and it's something more than coworkers, which this job, I mean, we're lucky we cover a really fun team in the Nuggets, but I mean, I try to think about doing this job if we covered, say, the Cavaliers, 82 <laughs> games a season, and my coworkers were these like kind of old school journalists who I couldn't hang out with and kick it with and joke and laugh, you know, um, that's not a shot at journalism, it's just we kind of have a different approach and... and 
it's jovial and, and sort of like there's a group thing and without it like you know i don't think it would be nearly the same gig you know yeah i mean i can i, I mean i hope i can kneel in and miss so i can speak like it's kind of what i feel with with you guys is like we become friends like we just you know four random people that kind of met online and started doing this and it turned out to be like a very fun and we all you know we have conversations every day and just you know joke all the time and it's kind of that when you get into that community it's like you can be as different as you want but that one thing that connects you it's so, such a cool thing 100 percent. yeah yeah the, the, the only thing the only thing that's missing is we, we can we can actually see each other in person beside me and miroslav me and miroslav yeah. see each other on, on coffees and and some well, also neither can we right now, for what it's worth. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But I mean, that's that's the you know the beauty of 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 the of technology too, is. It? Uh, <laughs> I still think uh, that uh, most of us are like some kind of Twitter bots, you know. Uh, until I met meet them in person, I will not believe they are real. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So yeah, this is a great. It was a great introduction, and like that's What's why I wanted to have you on here because like you're. You're very like relaxed in this present, and if, you know I know it's going to be a fun show. And so I for today's it. topics, yeah, we'll be coming up on you know it's the upcoming draft. It's uh, on November 18th, and you know surprisingly we have a league coming on really soon, uh, hopefully right after. Which I mean hopefully for, I mean honestly for their sake with finances and everything. So um, the first you know we're going to talk about also what, what could be some of the names that Nuggets can do, and we'll start with um, obviously to increase their championship. Uh, you know chances and everything we'll start off with first just some general topics of what do you guys even think that the nuggets should do because there's you know we saw drew holidays up for up for grabs now from new orleans uh in some way so do you think they should maybe uh you know they should keep the 22nd pick because that's kind of what from this not as, as a strong draft so like there's i don't think there's many uh perks of them trading up uh, or maybe even training down, but it's kind of the sweet spot is that 22 spot for their role players that they might need. Or do you think they should just maybe completely tra- trade off out of this draft and maybe wait for next year where supposedly that's the you know big talent is coming from? And, you know, and then or maybe attach this pick to a trade. You know, we said Drew Holiday, maybe there's some other players that um, they are going to come. So, Brandon, we'll start with you. What do you think that they should, you know, assuming we're going to st- – obviously we're going to talk about the draft as in, like, if they're going to keep the pick, but what do you think – that might be the smarter move to do for Denver at this point. Yeah, I mean, look, as far as the Drew uh, Holiday possibility goes, we talked about this on the DNBA show. I I think if you can get this done with a couple of picks, maybe Gary and Monte, you should. Um, I I just think it's time. I think if you could bring the four pieces of that starting lineup back, I'm including Jeremy Grant there, obviously, and add a player of Holiday's quality, um, everyone, I think, would agree you're a considerably better team than the, the year prior. Does it make you the favorites? No, but it's going to be really hard to, to get to that mantle anyway. Um, and I, th- I think it would make you more competitive and I think it would make you more versatile too, in terms of like what matchups you would feel comfortable in. You just look, Gary's an incredible defender. And I think that's everyone's hesitation. I mean, Drew's really good and he's a little more versatile too. He, he's, he's bigger. He can guard bigger guys. He probably wouldn't disappear in that Lakers series the way Gary did. Um, which sounds like a shot. I mean, it's really more of a matchup issue. It's not necessarily his fault, but that's how this stuff shakes out. Um, and then also, Drew can Drew can handle the ball. So the idea of having a guard in there that's a defensive stud that doesn't detract from your offense the way at times Torrey Craig or Gary Harris have, I mean, that's very, that's very appealing, and I think it's something Denver will have to consider. Um, I don't know if there's a wrong answer here. I think there are good options at 22. Uh, there's there are better drafts to come, uh, but there are probably some NBA quality role players to be picked up in the late first round. So, uh, good 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 option to have, good problem to have, I should say. If it comes down to the Drew trade, though, I, I would include this pick for what it's worth. Yeah, we saw. We'll go. We'll ask you guys that too, same question. I was I would just add, like we saw how New Orleans played against Portland uh, that series when Rondo and, and Drew were you know a two combo guards that kind of shut down Lillard and McCollum, and this is. You know what you hope because we saw Jamal really, uh, you know, improve on defense. So you you imagine if you pair him up with Drew Holiday, that might actually be a really good. It's kind of like a, maybe like a Jokic paired up with with Millsap when Millsap came in. Even that unlocked Jokic's defense even more. Maybe if Drew comes in and p- gets paired with Jamal, it's unlo- it unlocks his defense even more. So what what do you guys think? Like what what do you think they should do, Milan and Mislo? Milan, we we'll start with you. You said you agreed, right? 
Yeah, I agree because if 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 then they intend to keep, uh, for example, MPJ and Ball Ball in the in the team, that 22nd pick pick would be you know wasted, in my opinion. You know that player who 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 comes to Denver will not have any minutes to play. Denver don't have a G League team, so you know it's it's much better it's much better idea idea to to use him as a trade as a trade chip. And it's time, definitely it's time. You and me agree on, on Drew Holiday and, and one more uh, big player if, if that is possible. But, you know, it will be really hard. Uh, Jalen Brown, me and Boya talk about Jalen Brown. We, we would really love to, to, to bring him to Denver. Oh, that would so be a great. That would be a pipe yeah. dream a little bit, but yeah. that would be awesome. Yeah. Yeah. We kind of, we kind of, on our like draft, you know, draft, draft show, and we just kind of spitball some interesting drafts. Like one yeah. of mine was, the only one of mine that I suggested was, I would even include MPJ in that and just get a ready yeah. player at 23 and 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 get that you know essentially try to get that ring right away. Uh, it would be like that would be like a skipping step, like the last step. Uh, so if you so, want to include MPJ. so for me definitely that pick should be used as a, as a trade chip. Um, what do you uh, think, Mislav? Uh, Utah Jazz. They need a third star. We drafted two of them. They need a third one. <laughs> <laughs> just give them the twenty-second pick, and we just need to tell them, guys, don't worry, we'll take care of this. Let, <laughs> let us choose the third star for you, and give us anything you want. You know, they should give us anything we want. That's not uh, Gobert or uh, Donovan Mitchell. So I'm guessing like uh, they can give us uh, Ingles. I would be happy with Ingles or Jordan, they get or Jordan Clarkson. <laughs> Ah, he wouldn't work with us. I need uh, my Aussie man, my Aussie <laughs> man Ingles for the third star. I don't know who that player gonna be, but it's gonna be a star definitely. If Nuggets choose for Utah, <laughs> man, this is you bringing us down now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so yeah, so now assume like let's assume that they're gonna keep this, you know, keep this pick, and they're gonna be in this draft. Um, and so look, we're gonna start with off with like, what do you think the first skill set? And like the type of player the Nuggets need to look at in the upcoming draft, because we have a cup, you know, a few options that, with you know, they can they can they can do in all this. I mean, I'm generally for for taking the best player available. I mean, even if they can't crack the rotation in Denver, you keep that asset train moving, right? So maybe you're that much more willing to part with another future first or bowl in a future deal. You know, because you like the guy you have at the end of the bench, G League or not. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't know. It's tough. Yeah, so, like, I mean, the couple options that, that I was thinking about, too, just, like, you can have – that the problem is, obviously, that we don't know what's going on in their front office. Uh, there's – if they if they if they have a deal already in some package that they think about maybe sending Bowl, because it's – you know, we saw Bowl in their in their seeding games. Like, I think he's drawn – you know, drawing interest from, from some teams as, like, a – Maybe like a cute add-on to to some you know to Gary or to to Barton, so if that's in the book in, in you know cooking in the background, then I can see them picking like a player that's you know that can be developed, um, and you know not even cracking the rotation now, but at least there's some uh, you know some ways you know some ways to go and right. I think the obvious name and example. Sorry to cut you off, but like Poku, no. I think is the guy everyone has it. circled right as yeah. Yeah. more of a project, and we know Tim Connolly loves a project, and and they're willing to sort of take the longer road. So I think it's okay to add a guy like that, considering the sort of asset train dynamic. I do think, you know, not sort of reporting anything, but but just a general sense I get. I would think the Nuggets are looking at a, a guard or a big here. Um, the guards, there's a, like a deceiving aspect where it looks like they're full at guard now. Of course, Monte could be included on a deal. There's a contract coming up. Um, you know, there's a lot of talk. Maybe it's just from the fans for now, but there's a lot of talk about Gary Harrison trades. So who knows what Will Barton's health is. So all of a sudden there could be options or, or I should say slots available at guard. And then big, I mean, I think if you can really just feel confident that you've drafted someone you can play as a backup center late in the first round, that's not sort of a bad approach. Um, this doesn't necessarily have to be someone you go out and spend money on or get in free agency. There are guys in this draft who, um, at least in a pinch right away, but also two, three years down the line, could just fill that backup five. I think Tillman's a name a lot of guys have looked at. Um, and, and maybe the draft is, is your route to sort of fill that hole. 
Yeah, that's, I mean, obviously you said I was going to mention, obviously, Poco, and we're going to talk about him and Tillman, and, and that's kind of going to be the meat of our show. The That's the kind of the point, I guess, what I'm trying to make. Again, we don't have all the answers. It's it's one of the reasons that this off, I mean, usually off seasons are, like, not my favorite time of the year to, like, talk about basketball at all because it's a lot of, you just speculate and, and guess what they're going to do. Uh, again, Monte, like, you know, they can get a guard. There's a lot of guards there that are talked about in this draft. They're really playoff ready. There's a guy I think from uh, San Diego State. You know some of these guys that if you if they already are thinking about moving Monte because of the contract, they don't have a PJ Dozier as a, as their backup. Then you know that drafted guy can come in and come in right away. The you know that's the issue of like we have we don't know because of all this like flipped up off season that we we have we have no clue essentially that it's all really fast. Like free agency is gonna come you know the day after the draft. And you know now we can just talk about just what could be interesting and uh, what do you, Milan? What do you think? Um, you know the the type of player that they want to get because we talked about Poku is that we'll talk about him later too. Of there's a project and there's a um, and there's a ready player. So and then also what I mean type there's a big you know maybe a small forward a guard. What do you think you know, in that way? Like you know, that I'm, we should be looking I'm at primarily for, for for player ready. You know for for the uh, start of the next season. Um, that I agree with Brendan, it would be... Then they need shooting, and they will need rebounding, because if, if uh, Plumlee go and uh, Millsap, I don't think what will happen with Millsap, if we lose that two players, we we'll definitely need we we'll definitely need some 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 player to, to rebound the, the ball. So, it, in my opinion, that that's the two most important things that we need to sort out. Yeah, but, so what it's is, easy, what you know. Yeah, yeah, I mean, of course, like, it's... Obviously, like I always, I always go back with those kind of things. Uh, especially, we'll, we'll, I guess, again, we'll talk about some of the ready ones, some of the projects. Like for me, it always, I always go back to when I look at CJ McCollum and Damian Lillard, how they came into the league, and obviously, like Doncic is a, you know, a, a, you know, a species of his own because coming from Europe. But again, is equivalently Doncic, you know, went four years into a very high end, you know, high program college, and then came into the NBA player ready, and you see a difference like Lillard was four years even though it was a smaller college he he grew he like built you know got into him got into his form you know mentally it's very different when you're you know 18 and 22 you're coming into the league um that's I was always proponent of either it's a one and done because the players or just straight out of high school because the player is so ready or at least three years in college because it, it makes a big difference because it, when come when they come into league you're not guessing you don't you're not guessing you know about players that you, you know they're ready especially if you're a team at Denver's position who at this point is really looking to sort of fill in cracks rather than get stars I mean it's funny how we in the modern sort of evaluation era we do I mean I'm looking at these scouting reports and, and some of the knocks on guys is draft age that they're too old um, and I think maybe that matters if you're looking for like a young home run pick or something up front in the lottery. But you think that the obvious example here in the Denver context is Monte Morris, who if you had paid a, paid a lick of attention to his college career or even just read a single scouting report that offseason, you would know, well, of course that guy's going to be able to play in the NBA. That's a tailor-made backup point guard ready to go four years later with some NCAA records under his under his belt. And that becomes a sort of safer pick in the second. And it's funny to think about all the sort of archetypes that team teams whiffed on uh, before a guy like Monte is considered. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that, exactly. I, I've literally in my notes is Monte and Gary coming out and an MPJ on the other hand of, which again, Nuggets have proven at this point, well, obviously MPJ is a little like jury's still out, but it's working out to a point that, you know, they got, they got to the Western Conference Finals. And again, Monte was a, a late second rounder and I like what you said I followed him in college because I don't know why just they were so fun to watch you know and just kind of gravitated to, towards that Iowa State team Gary as well you know it's in my conference like I've seen some of his uh, some of his games and they're you know when you have that pedigree of like you know specific Hoiberg was in Iowa State he put out a lot of NBA players well, rarely anyone was uh, one and done and that's cool like Gonzaga like typically if they're gonna put out a uh, a, a NBA player, it's rarely going to be a Zach Collins. It's the only one I think that it was a one mm. and done. So again, it's, I think in this case, like my opinion is that Denver should get a ready player because because they already have an MPJ that's a that's a high variable. You know, he can pan out really well, or he might be. You know, he's he's still young, and we talked about his you know deficiencies. I'm not going to go back on 
on his like you know mental stuff that that you know that he has some lapses in you know scheme wise but he might not turn up so like you don't want to add another project on top of a couple of that you already have uh, yeah. because that might backfire you know especially with Jamal and Jokic locked in as their uh, you know max players and Grant coming in with a, probably a sizable contract uh, coming in as you want to you know you want to build on top of those three players as your pillars and adding another project just you know again if they don't pan out it might be a you know it might be a backfire and you set yourself back a year instead of going you know going forward maybe so, i mean you know the the other perspective on that is if this guy's not going to play right away anyway I mean, like a hit on twenty-two can be a very quality rotation player. I mean, you want to get this right, but if if you miss out on this, I don't know if you've necess- necessarily gone backwards. I mean, to your point, Voya, like Jaden McDaniels, right? The sort of the mm-hmm. project kid out of Washington. Like, I wouldn't. I don't know if I would go near that right now with Denver. It would feel a little redundant as you're sort of trying to work the Bulls and the MPJs into it. Um, Poku, I think, is a little different because it's just it's just going to take a little while anyway. Um, and, and then it's also a situation that you would feel comfortable, like that he would feel comfortable in. Um, so it's a little different, but I, I see your point. Yeah, Miss Lavo, I'm, I'm not wasn't gonna gonna let you get out of this one without answering. So what do you think? Like, what's the better better choice for Denver in this case? Okay, uh, <laughs> I need some help from the audience. Okay, so uh, last time we had 22nd pick, it was uh, Kenneth Farid in I don't know what. 2011 or something like that and he was the third uh, rookie of the year in voting so i would honestly be happy if we get a player that's like kenneth farid but maybe with a better outside shot you know if we don't trade the pick uh, i would like to have an energy guy from the bench you know like montrez harrell you know he's in flippers although he thinks he's uh, more important than that but yeah, I need an energy guy from the bench just to like dunk and create a great atmosphere in, in front of the virtual fans, of course. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's that's I mean again, there that's an option. We have some players that are I think Brandon Wright we we have on twenty two that there could be some of those options that, that we might Okay, we we touched Precious so, like, maybe Precious Lachua, I guess is the I, first I guy. About, I yeah, I thought yeah. about him. So we can we already started we kinda of segued our you know our own way into into the some of the names. Uh, obviously, I've got to mention because we have some comments for for uh, for Mislov. Uh, we want Corey Brewer. That's the point. Um, that was one of his uh, guys to come back on the team. We had a, we had some like you know gag picks and. Uh... <laughs> hey, it's not gag pick. Like I explained my uh, desires uh, promptly. You know, we need him to be a vet leader from the bench, and because we will not have money to pay anybody else. There you go. Yeah. See, you got to think realistically. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I'm on the Corey Brewer bandwagon. Oh, let's damn. Let, let's start do. this. Yeah, let's start yeah. this. <laughs> you know, we need him also to put Will Barton in his place. Like, Bill, Will Barton was perfect uh, replacement for uh, Corey Brewer, and he's trying to get into the starting lineup. That's not your place. You try from the bench. Accept it. Embrace it. <laughs> oh, thank you. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> it's hard. To, it's always hard to, like, you know continue after he does his, does the thing and you're kind of trying to be serious after <laughs> yeah it's like when we toss it to eric yeah, you know? yeah he is an over yeah they he eric called me uh eric of nugget serbia podcast and yeah that's, i can see it yeah i can see it already and, you, you see and this shit, like, it, it looks like i have a cleavage like i need to speak with my uh, eric you know like i don't want a cleavage yeah we'll send you a better one man because we got to have you repping I'm waiting for somber shuffle in the mail order, so it's getting there. And yeah, do, you want, <laughs> do you want to guess who is uh, Brendan Vogt of uh, Serbia podcast? Well, oh, I, I can't answer that. One. That's for you guys. I, I, I don't know I, if I, we I, have I, one. He's too yeah. unique. <laughs> <laughs> but this guy could pass. Eric called him the Brendan of Nugget Serbia. I like it. Yeah, that's oh, yeah. good company. Definitely, I'll take of it. all of us, because because you you're the one that that can that can bring out the heat in your in your uh, yeah. in your podcast. Like you can be really critical when you when you have to like very yeah, readily. That's me, definitely, definitely. So that that's Milan for us. Like, I didn't know that was my that. reputation. That's good to know, though. That's good. It's, to know. I mean, it's not not really. That's I don't know if it's reputation. <laughs> just kind of popped into my head now. Is like you kind of you know there's there is a you can criticize players when when they need to. Like obviously in the playoffs with the Utah, like that was a 
a big one. So we have Milan. Milan was our, you know, you should have, you should have, you know, listened to those. Those were like poetic when he, when he gets on the tirade about Millsap and Plumlee and, and yeah. Wait, this guy. No, I need to show. Okay, this guy is Harrison Wind of our podcast. Yeah, that that's that I got that. Very reasonable, yeah. very calm. Got a lot of information. He's yep. just gonna play it straight. I'll, I'll wear that badge probably. <laughs> there you and go. of course, Miroslav is uh, the poor man Adam Maris. <laughs> <laughs> now you guys just or... gotta give away his car on Twitter. They love See, that. that's what I. Okay, we have a comment, and this is what I didn't want to like. I, I I meant this, but like I just said, too unique. So like, yeah, we guys are talking to be you. So <laughs> get out of here. <laughs> get out of here. So okay, let's let's get back on track somehow. Uh, anyway, we, we mentioned so we can start with you know obviously with the elephant in the room is we talk about Poku. You mentioned him and you know about Nuggets picking projects and so the first thing is obviously well, let's start with you. Should they even you know should they pick him at twenty two if he's available? I think so. Yeah, okay. I mean I can't think of a reason not to. I think we've sort of outlined that there is a, a, a take here, a reasonable perspective that there's nothing wrong with taking a project. Um, as far as the things you can't know about Euros in terms of how they'll step into this environment and how comfortable they'll be in a new setting, um, Euros is such a broad term. I mean, it's yeah. like foreign players, right? I mean, <laughs> yeah. we're, we're, we're very American-centric with that evaluation. But how comfortable will they be in their in their early years in the NBA? And I think there's obvious reasons to look at the Nuggets locker room and roster and situation in the league and say, this is where uh, he can come in and sort of take a patient longer approach, right? And and maybe you can hope for, for the best things. So uh, I think so. Um, I mean, I know the low-end projection is, are we sure this is an NBA player? But you got a lot of good ones on that team. And so I'm sort of okay with taking that flyer on. I mean, the, the, he's maybe that positionless guy, maybe that sort of bull kind of special dude. Um that's a long shot, but that's within reach for him, and, and I'm okay with taking that sort of flyer. What do you guys think? Should they? Well, I, I, I didn't watch him um, too much, but I, I think uh, I have a better player for, for Denver to pick instead of, of Poku. I think, uh, I don't know, Voya, uh, you sent Brandon a clip about, about him. Yeah. That's uh, uh, Boris Simanic. Yeah. yeah. He's, he is a player who play in, in the brother club of Olympiakos, that is the Red Star Belgrade, my club, uh, and uh, he he is, I, don't, I think, uh, 22 years old, and he played uh, four seasons now Euroleague. He's much experience, he has much, uh, really much more experience, and he has good shoot, he has great rebounding, great defender, you know, and I think he'll be really, really basketball ready for Denver. And it's a great thing he's off radar completely. I think. Is he looking to to make the move, or are you expecting to see him drafted at any time? Or is, I, this is I a... think he is. I think he is uh, on draft this year. Okay, gotcha. So this is all right. That's a, that's a name. From, I mean, I saw the video. I can't claim. You know, would never claim to to think I have a full scouting report from that. But it's an interesting name for us to follow. Away. So the thing is, first with with Poku, like uh, I, I'm I'm not really. Honestly, like if they're if they don't plan to move Ball or MPJ out of like out of the roster, like with some of the you know bringing in some veteran players, I really don't. Especially, and this is kind of a double take of from the Nuggets' perspective. I don't know if they need another project, like if especially if they're so close to to like maybe one player away, one role player. You know, if you talk about you know Tillman, maybe in the situation that Plumlee was in, he might not have made that mistake in the mm-hmm. Lakers you know two game or you know one of those guys that's more athletic that's just gonna chase after a player and maybe not overthink the situation uh the other the other you know t- you know the other side of the coin for this take is for him i don't know if it's really good to go to denver with if he's not gonna get any minutes and develop of course like we said you know the first year for him is probably a no-go on the plane but after that if denver develops ball and mpj he's still gonna be on the bench so for the next two or three years he might not even see the court Obviously, might not even play, and it's gonna go maybe like borrowed into a G League team. And as for, this is also like I haven't full disclosure too is like I haven't watched all of you know his games and stuff. A lot of videos, a lot of talking to my friends that are plugged in sure. in Serbia. So like one of my good friends that like he's uh, he's in you know he knows a lot of stuff in Serbia. And like he follows a lot of this stuff. He you know he vouches that yeah in three years he should be a really you know a beast. Um, the the problem is there too like what i said is just if you go into the nba team that's really good again it's kind of 
it's not obviously it's not the player comparison, the situation comparison of how Darko Milicic went to Detroit that was ready to win a championship and he didn't have any opportunities to play and then just kind of like that's just a domino that falls and then, you know, everything kind of goes sideways after that is what could potentially happen to some of these players, the project players that get drafted into Denver if they're ready, you know, Denver is assuming championship ready. So if you're I mean, just but gonna, don't you wonder yeah. with Poku, like, how ready is he going to be anyway in one to two years? I mean, this is a guy that's probably going to need some time to, like, be around NBA strength and conditioning staffs, add some weight. I mean, he could be playing some minutes in, in Charlotte or what have you, but mm-hmm. is, you know, how much more crucial to his development is that than, you know, just sort of being around a winning NBA team for a little bit? I mean, there's, there's two sides to this yeah, coin. Exactly. I'm not saying yeah. you're wrong or anything, but. Something to consider. Yeah, obviously, yeah, that's that uh, again. That yeah, that's something to talk to think about, and and it's just strange, like because it's always that, especially now with COVID, is like you Europe is in really like turmoil, and how can you travel and play? And ideally, like in the you know a little older days, like you know not older, like five six years ago or something, you draft a player like that, you keep him in Europe for a few years. You saw how you know Bogdan Bogdanovich was drafted in the first round, didn't play for a few years. Like even Yok, you know, stayed for a year. Uh, in in Serbia after he got drafted, so that's kind of would be the ideal way. But now is because you know NBA is probably more consistent, and you know US is one country, and they can probably deal with COVID a little bit better. You would think he would hop over and and try to get on a team. Yeah, the issue with him is the if in the off season if he can bulk up and how quickly can he develop in that way? That's because he still hasn't Korea. played at because he was playing at, uh, at yeah, like the B, B level, team, yeah. right? The B. Yeah. So, so I just wonder if he's ready to really kind of bang with NBA guys yet anyway. You know, he, but. He, he didn't even play the, the first uh, first National League of Greece. Yeah. Not mention the EuroLeague. You know, there, there, there is a quite big Even the, that Greek uh, National First League is not really strong because you have only two teams. That's Panathinaikos and Olympiakos and everything else is, you know, almost garbage. Yeah, but even for, for in that case, like, the argument is, so even, even if it's not a, like the strongest domestic league, the thing with that is he's 18, 17, 18, he would be playing against older guys anyway, so no matter how not quality the competition is, and even in the first crease, like you're playing, you know, six, seven years older guys, like just physically, you're gonna get sure. used to contact more and more. You know, you're gonna develop that way even faster. So that was a little bit of that's why it's, that's why he said the biggest question mark of this draft, and that's why, as I said, we you know wanted to start with him, kind of get it out of the way because it's really again, it's just unknown. Like I wouldn't. I, I don't know if I would if I was in Denver shoes just because of the championship environment right now. Um, and, you know, it's just, again, it's just talking about from Denver's perspective. Maybe it would be good for him as a player, but as from Denver's situation, I believe that it, they might, you know, be better with the, with a the fully ready player. And it just sucks. I mean, he would have been a really nice addition. And, you you know, you think what dynamic him, him and Yoke would have. Think about the players with that kind of IQ. Just... But the the only thing, man, is you just think about how quickly these things change. Right now, yeah. it's MPJ and Bull in the chamber. But how yeah. might that change, right? Whether it's trade negotiations, injuries, whatever. Yeah. So sometimes you're comfortable just adding the asset. Uh, but I, I think you raise valid concerns. Like maybe the best case for his development is playing right away. So uh, there, there's something to that. Um, yeah, yeah, that's a good point, boy. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> okay, well... Uh, yeah, I guess, I mean, do you guys have anything to add? Because I feel like also with him, it's just a trap because you can talk about it forever. So, yeah, I mean, you can, we can finish, you can finish I'm, this I'm up. Okay. Oh, okay, good. Because that's, again, as I said, like, it's so, he's such a question mark and it's so hard to not talk about him uh, and speculate because, you know, it's one of those, like, Schrodinger's Poco situations of, like, he could be the, one of the best three fours hybrids uh, from coming out from Europe and then he can be, like, you know, a skinny player that just can't, you know, catch up to the nba so hopefully it's the the former not the latter so uh, we'll see and you know hopefully lands in a good situation you know, so, and, and also yeah. also there is a big chance he will be dropped before 20 seconds so maybe I, I, maybe maybe not though man i i have to this this year sorry i'm i'm interrupting no, no, you all over the place no, but say. i uh this year more than any looking at these mock drafts i there, there's like a as wide as a 15 range swing for some of these guys i mean some people think poku could be late lottery some people think you know, he might go late, late, late first round. So I, I don't know if there's a consensus on that. But but to your point, he, he may be off the board. I saw, sure. I saw a bleach report. They, I, their prediction is uh, number 15 on uh, Portland Trailblazers. 
Could be, man. I mean, I, I, I just simply can't nail it down. So a lot yeah. of these guys I've seen yeah, all over the fun. place. Yeah. Yeah. That's, um, so yeah, I guess, I mean, we talked about him, um, the, you wrote it, we can go back to some of the guys that you kind of wrote about, um, in, is there's, there's Jalen Smith from Maryland, Desmond Bain from TCU, and those are kind of the, the kind of clashing, uh, choices that don't, never can pick is the, there's a big guy that's athletic and, you know, can cover a lot of ground and he's, a, you know, uh, be a potentially a backup center, or you get a, you know, uh, already NBA ready guard that that's a dead eye shooter. And we can start with those couple of guys. And then we can go back to like my picks of Tillman and Josh green. Uh, what do you think? What do you, what's your, what's your takeaway when you did the scouting for them? Well, it's funny, right? We just had that conversation. These are two guys that every time I check a mock draft, it seems like they're up a little higher. Jalen Smith is shooting up of late, garnering some interest. Um, and deservedly so I was intrigued by both of these prospects. Uh, I'm no master scout, but when I sort of, when I when I I watch film and, and I look for to confirm what I I sort of see um, as general consensus across multiple scouting reports from the people who do this work all year long, and I try to co- drop it in the context of what the Nuggets need. But uh, Jalen Smith certain certainly appears to be a true rim protector with some potential to to be um, a legitimate catch and through catch and shoot guy, uh, pick and pop guy. The fit there in Denver is obvious. I don't think they've had a legitimate rim protector in the time that I've been covering this team. And anytime you can talk about a big that can space the floor, you like you like that fit with Jokic, right, if it ever gets to that point. Um, Desmond Bain, you mentioned NBA-ready players. This is a four-year senior who um, shot off a movement, um, who, who's strong. I mean, he's an absolute load and, and has a lot of like NBA-ready-to-go sort of skill sets and qualities to him. The size will be an issue. He's sort of a tweener, I think, kind of like a combo guard deal. Um, 6'6", not a super long wingspan, though. Um, So, you know, figuring out what position he is at the NBA, who he guards, I think that those are some of the bigger question marks. But I think this guy's a stud, and I'd be very surprised if either Dallas or Miami uh, pass on a two-way off-movement shooter like that. Yeah, that's. I think that you're talking about uh, in the mock drafts like Dallas uh, that's where I was saying like we we we're not gonna he's not gonna go past Dallas I think especially Probably with not. that type of yeah and with then that Miami's type of at 20 and couldn't you that's, imagine what Spolstra could do with him so if he gets yeah. past Dallas I don't think he gets back especially that but yeah that's strong of a player because imagine you know in the situations of you can plug him and Duncan Robinson in and out just based on you know based on the nights because you can see Duncan a lot of times in the in the playoffs he was just not playing because of defense Imagine sure. that situation putting Bain in, which is a strong dude that if it, you know LeBron switches on him, he's at least not going to roll over. He's at least going to tr- you know be something of a hindrance. Yeah. You know, now, as much now, as he if he's shooting like Duncan Robinson, then you hit a home run with the Bain pick. But to your point, yeah. like that is his skill set, right? This was not a guy who was just standing still in the corners. When you look at his three point numbers, he was th- th- he was coming off of screens and coming off movement and from all types of sort of variety of screens. Yeah, that's a good, and that's I mean that's something like we Denver need, especially with if we want to go like you, when you think about the evolution of Denver's game through the years, it was like ball is popping when the Jokic started, so it was all like you know jovial and it's you know nice and playground ball with Kenneth Reed just running around smiling and it was pretty fun to watch, obviously. And then you go into a little bit more t- you know tame you know Jokic's not trying anymore of you know behind three guys back you know passes he's doing his you know he's staying in his lane I guess with passing and then and then last couple of years like from last year's playoffs to this year with it's a lot of kind of I want to say I don't want to say we want to like settle for pick and roll because it's so good but there's a lot of times okay we we don't know what we're doing now we're kind of we don't want to develop our full offense this game we're just going to run pick and roll and kind of roll go from there and you know it can get stagnant from there. So imagine if you just add a player that, on a type of Duncan Robinson, Clay Thompson, like obviously not on that level yet, but that it can go off off screens and shoot. Then all of a sudden, like that pick and roll becomes a three man game, and you add MPJ with cutting. And now again, we can go back to ball is popping, and it kind of sure. in a perfect in a perfect time too with the ball arena uh, rolling <laughs> in. So that would be kind of fun uh, to do again. Um, Whoa, so can from I add those, something? yeah, yeah, go for it. Oh, when you said ball arena, it sounds like a ballerina. Yeah, <laughs> every every time, every yeah. single time. I, I just realized. Okay, that's 
my input for now. I will. <laughs> good one, good one, yes. Well, that's my <laughs> So I'm I mean, I guess, I mean yeah, you guys, you guys chime in. I know you, because the thing is, obviously, it's kind of a how it was difficult for me to follow the European players with Euroleague. It's it's kind of difficult for the guys to oh, I'm sure. to follow college, and so that's why we're kind of you and I are having a back and forth. And so you guys, if you if you have like a philosophical thing of when you hear like a you know player's um, skill set, you can jump in and you know with yeah, your sure, opinions, sure. obviously. Sure. Yeah, uh, I'm, with, I'm more in, in, in Euroleague player, as I mentioned. Uh, I'll go back. Yeah, I'll go back yeah. to Borishan and, and Marcus Simonovic is one of the guys too that 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 I want to touch on because they're one of the on the end of projects. It's Jalen Smith and Bain and um, which this personally my my pick would be Xavier Tillman is they're kind of a ready player. So like sure. we're gonna go on that and then we're gonna go the yes, go sure. to the the project to the project players. Um, as I'll, I'll go on to Tillman first because I think it was Harrison that wrote the article about him, right? It was, yep. And you guys talked about it. it was kind of, it's kind of not mad. It was just funny. I was writing the 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 you know the, I was watching videos and writing the the scouting report, quote unquote. And then I the, the next day I listened to your show and it's like, oh, you guys talk about Tillman. Okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> so well, the thing is with him is obviously like my Big Ten ties with the same conference. I've saw mm. I've seen him play live. He's huge. Uh, he's athletic, and it's kind of it was kind of sad watching him against Nebraska because uh, we didn't really have a center last last year. It was kind of uh, a lot of six eight guys that are essentially forwards. Like my friend was a, is a small forward shooter, and he had to play a four, and it was really you know not something that he was used to do. So it was kind of you know sucked to to watch that kind of. So he was really good. I mean, he had a double double, a couple of blocks against us. So it was it was in that thirteen ten range. Uh, with him, what I like is. Again, Michigan State, ready player, smart coach. That's one of the big things when you go in college. Uh, I think one of the people mentioned when he was on was a guest on your show that again he has a family already. So again, it's it's a, you know with with these drafts, it's kind of funny what well what people already like drawn, but you know family guy already, and he's ready to I guess to it's it's a different motivation when you're competing for your family, not just for just for cash. Um, so that's one of the things, uh, you know, basketball-wise, a high efficiency around the rim. I think he has a 68% off the pick and roll and, like, 70% around, uh, you know, catching on the roll and doing that. Uh, his jump shot, jump shooting form isn't terrible, so it's not a broken shot. It's, he has a good form, so which with, with our good coaches, you know, player development coaches, he can be uh, honed in, so he could become a pick and pop and even a stretch five. Uh, what I'm looking at him at him right now is uh, as a backup, so it's obviously not a, not picking a starter. I'm looking at that that position with, you know, if you put in him and Millsap on the bench, and uh, you decide to go with also with Barton on the bench for offense, it's it becomes a very interesting pick and roll game because Barton can handle Monte with them. Like imagine just the intelligence of all those four guys and then for me even in that situation i would even add maybe pj dozier as that 10th player mm. so you have a couple of guards a tall guard and a smaller guard both really good off the roll you have a couple of bruisers that are defensively intelligent so he's not a athletic guy that's gonna jump out of the gym and block a bunch of shots because he's he's catching to catching up to people and and he's so quick and off his feet but he's always in a position so again i think someone mentioned again he's like a comparison is Millsap. Millsap, is right yeah Millsap. um you know it's funny to say now with after 20 years of his career but udonis haslam like a little bit more talented and polished haslam like high motor high energy um he has like inside work is really good like he has a good um you know up and under um good role you know good post game which again i imagine with Jokic, what you know you saw what plumley did with for his game with passing and stuff Imagine what he could do with with Jokic to learn. So, obviously, deficiencies are athleticism and you know stuff like that. It's again, he's not. That's why he's not a top five pick. Uh, maybe size. He's six eight, which is like two hundred and ten centimeters, thirteen centimeters in in uh, you know in metric. Um, but he's big long, du- right? Long yeah, he's wingspan? long. He has a, yeah, he has a two. Yeah, he has a seven one. I think two fifteen wingspan and okay. big and big size. So like post defenders. Because so I was scared. At, I was scared at first, man. Because anytime you hear to me, this sounds like a, a projected center. And then when mm-hmm. you hear a center is only six eight, I, you know, it doesn't yeah. sound like size on the interior. But he's stout, he's strong, and he's long. So that's a little deceiving. Um. So so that's you were just talking about Bain as almost sort of a finishing player in Jokic ball, mm-hmm. a shooter. 
Um, and, and I think you you hit the nail on the head with Tillman, a Jokic ball player in a different way. Not much of a finisher, but his quick decision-making, his passing off the short roll, this is a guy that could fit into some ball-is-popping possessions quite nicely. And then defensively, you love the idea of a Millsap understudy, um, someone who's in the right place, someone who raises the sort of the floor of the team defense and even the, the team defense IQ. Um, so it's intriguing. I'm not... He's not super athletic, and he can't... I don't want to say he can't shoot. He didn't shoot in college. He didn't. Yeah, yeah. So it was like 0.6 attempts per game from three. Yeah, so yeah. hard to see him as a four yet. Um, but but you've watched more than I, and I know a lot of folks in, in Nuggets Twitter are very excited about the idea of Tillman at 22. Yeah. So the thing with the, with his jump shot, I, I read down. So he's a bit. He's a bit like uh, like a flat footed stiff jumper. Mm. But again, uh, that's something. So, so like I always look at how the like what the elbow form is and how the release is like where where is he releasing it at does he have a hitch does that look off like because again you know we saw guys you know you know everyone brings up sean marion is like oh look at him he's an nba player with the but you can't compare like some of these these are outliers that are super athletic and they make up a lot of you know a lot of shooting uh deficiencies by that and then obviously just set it you know set the jump shot for you know when they're in the nba with him i think he's it's workable i, I don't think it's just you know, you just you know, plumly you see his jump shot. It's not, it's not something that's that can not going be fixed. Yeah. yeah, that's not going anywhere. With him, like he has a go- so again with college threes again, he's not he didn't shoot much. And those would be I, I'm not saying maybe a stretch five as a three point shooter because it's obviously long you know longer threes. But enough is a off the key like those rolls that Jokic does and just pops up in hmm. a free throw jumper jumper if he can make that consistently uh, with Monte on the roll and PJ just just to have that like you know for defenders to second guess themselves on that on that action so that's something that i'm looking at and again i'm always i'm more always for like the iq guys um it's something i value like more with players of if he can fit in like if he's not just lost out there and if it's if he's good to if it's coachable if the guy's coachable and intelligent i think that goes a long way and we kind of i mean Jokic is the primary example of super talented and has a feel so many things that people were taking away from him you know athletically and everything but you know this iq you know no no speed but intelligent trumps that because he knows when to sure. turn you know turn it on and what areas to attack and that's that's you know when i was i wasn't fast all when i was playing so my you know the, the advice you always get from a coach in that situation is you want to be efficient in your movement so you want to read the defender's position you want to get into his you know pick the spots when to uh, get your foot in so because you have the ball you have the control so a lot a lot can be done with the body in one step sure sure like speed is speed is obviously valuable it, but and by yeah. the way this guy's athletically limited but it, it's not to say he's physically like this is still a specimen this is still yeah. a strong yeah capable bot nba body so yeah athletic um, yeah athletically limited as in like uh, nba standards not of, a he's not rate. yeah exactly he's not a I don't know what pick is like that kind of like freed even sure right? yeah 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 that's like explosive jump or something but everything else he makes up because again with Mil- Millsap I mean that's the perfect example he's not an athletic guy even when he was in Utah and Atlanta he's not an athletic dude but right. when he knows when to put himself in position how to read the the court then defensively he becomes because a lot I mean when you have a body like it's a six eight small body but when you you know, you think you beat him, and he's running in front of you. That throws, you know, throws offensive players off, and you know that strong, you know, keeping vertical and everything. That's something he was also doing. So, that's my pick. That's why I went a little long on him, just because I like him a lot. Um, another guy is I can mention. I think you guys talked about him. I don't know much about this guy because it was in Pac-12, but Josh Green is sometimes someone I might be even looking over Desmond Bain, um, just from like upside potential. Like he's kind of ready. Uh, a little right. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. A lot of this. Um, he's a three and D guy. Like plays good defense and and he's l- taller and and longer than Desmond Bain. Yes. He has a decent jump shot, so it's not it's not obviously to the level of Bain. But with Bain, for me, it was that hitch that he has as a weird release, a little bit slower. Yeah. That in the NBA, like that split second is something that might decide of sure. if you're at 45% or 35 or, because I always think yeah. of Jimmer Fredette, right? Like do you think yes. he forgot how to shoot or do you think it got harder for him to get his shot off? No, it was I think it was the got harder. First yeah. he didn't have like 300 attempts a game uh from half court because obviously defenders were coming up on him and then that was the thing. It just how I mean similar thing is with 
uh, Doug McDermott. Like I've watched him in the in the in college as well live. Like he was amazing, and he has that. You know, with him is I'm not gonna get into that, but like he was the same way. It's like he didn't forget to shoot. He was shooting in forties, like in threes. It's just that it's different game. Like it's a you know obviously distance has changed, timing has changed. Like you think you're open, but you might not be. Uh, and so that's kind of a you know that's why what Duncan Robinson does is so amazing. And you know because he's coming in from lower divisions and then Michigan, and and then he he's able to adapt. But sure. that was probably the reason why he wasn't picked at all with you know with athleticism. So. Uh, that's I mean Josh Green. So I don't know if you have you saw any any of him any of his like stuff. You know he yeah. has a little bit of trouble finishing, but yeah, I think he might be a decent pick. At it. Yeah, I wrote the Josh Green profile. I've seen some video, that's read right, some yeah. reports. Uh, he, it, I mean, so we talked about archetypes uh, a fair amount this podcast. If you're someone who feels like you've longed for that traditional three and D guy, three um, and D wing, which is a bit of a stretch for Josh Green, but you know guard kind of wing, he's your guy. Um, Really strong off-ball defender, uh, very good on on-ball defender, upside of the production, one through three defensive versatility. So, you know, I think with Gary's a great example of a stellar defender who probably can't get out there and guard forwards. Um, there are going to be some forwards that Green can guard, I think, if he's as good a defender as all the scouts seem to think. There is definitely catch-and-shoot potential. I would say that's the biggest skill swing skill swing factor for him um if this guy can defend very well but he doesn't put the ball on the floor much he can't create for others and and he can't shoot i mean like it kind of sounds like a tory craig situation a little bit where malone would have to sort of choose between offense and defense again um so there's talk that he might be able to um develop into a a good slasher and he's got some pull-up touch I think all of that stuff is icing on the cake if you get it. The the meat here, what you need from him to be a great pick at 22 is consistency from outside because if he's a catch-and-shoot threat with his defensive versatility, this is that 3-and-D wing that Denver hasn't had. Yeah, that's great. I mean, that's great to hear because I, I, when I saw his videos, like, he, again, with the jump shot, like, he has, he has that form, athletic, uh, really athletic. He could bulk up too, which would be interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that, that again, those are kind of the players that, this is why I'm excited about this draft, even though it's not strong per se, but these kind of players that Denver hasn't had in their in their rotations, like they've kind of been picking either like those kind of 3 and D guys off the scrap heap right. or right. or they're picking players that are necessary for, you know, for the project or something. So when, you know, that kind of brings us to, and I'm going to plug in uh, guys for this because, uh, Mila mentioned Boris Simonich, and he's from he's from Red Star. Um, so with him is like he's a I think he's a great he could be really great with Jokic. He's a, he's one of those things one of the guys that we talk about we mentioned like Bielitsa as like a stretch yeah. four. So he's a great jump shot like he's really mm-hmm. good transition jump shot, um, pure touch. I think he can he can block. You know he's athletic in that way too. Like he had really some amazing blocks in the Euroleague like when he was young too. Um, he can guard one through four. Uh, he can like he moves his feet well, so he can actually like push the guards, you know, from pick and roll. He can get him out to the half court. The thing with him is, and, and Milan watched like a lot of more games, obviously, because over there in, in Red Star. Uh, from what I hear from him is that is a little bit of a, um, I don't know how to like translate this. Is like we call it just like a head problem, but it's not a. You know, it's just, I think it's. It, we would say head case over here. Well, I guess what's well, thing is that it was it. He doesn't. I don't think he. He has a good contract that he got and never like lived up to it and like lived up to like to some so much potential mm. and like it kind of sucks because what, what, again I've, i haven't seen him so i don't know like with, with what what i see on the videos is amazing like what he can do is like something that denver can use right away it just that i feel like from what i hear is just that practicing uh, you know not taking maybe seriously like it's kind of a that like a lax sure, mood okay. of yeah to, towards basketball so milan what do you what were your opinions on him like because we kind of talked he about basically he need to play with um more the word I'm, i will i want to say i can't say but you know you all you all know what i'm thinking you know he he need to have a little more courage on the court that is his problem uh-huh. not the training you know i was want to say he need to play with more you know what <laughs> testicular <But>, fortitude <laughs> yeah 
uh, <laughs> <calling for it. laughs> but he he he's he would be great for them you know 6 11 uh, 210 uh, mm. he's already he was the next uh, generation tournament mvp that's the that's the euroleague for uh, juniors or how you know that's how you say in, in well it's a, it, yeah, it would be like a like a younger. You sure. know, it's like uh, I guess like four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah like yeah, you have yeah. the same. You know, kind of like imagine if Nuggets had a U on under eighteen, under nineteen team, and they played. You know, NBA league kind of stuff. So. The, he was the Euroleague MVP, so basically for for younger version. For younger, yeah. yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. So he he has the, his three time ABA league champion. He has great potential. He's only uh, twenty two years old. So he will, he will be really ready for, for the Nuggets oh. to play right away. Maybe with Jokic and, and, and with, uh, you know, spending some time in the NBA, he will develop that, that you know, that, that how would say, courage to play. You know, there is a game when you don't see him on the court. He's afraid to go, to right. shoot, to, you know, he's open. He needs to shoot. He missed that, that split of the second and do something stupid, you know, or go mm. overpassing or, or, you know, stuff, stuff like that. But the talent's but, there. The talent's yeah. there. For oh, me, yeah. Oh, yeah. He, you know, for me, better than Poco. I'm watching this video right now. Talent-wise talent talent yeah. and everything, you know, he... No, yeah, of course. I mean, he has like three, four years of uh, over yeah. Poco. So, but it's that kind of similar. I mean, young. that's that type. He's young. Yeah, yeah. 22 years, you know. You can play him right away. That, yeah, I guess like that's someone. I mean, because I can't like really. That's someone I can't uh, vouch on. as like, oh, this would be the great. But if if a project is something that Denver might be interested in as like a, a more of a ready players, because that might be one of those guys you come in and change of scenery. You know how it is. Like we we talk about Gary, that might be a situation with him that if he changes, if he gets traded and he changes scenery, his you know he might just get out of his own head and and start you know playing better. So with him, like I wonder if. You know, trade, going over mm. to the U.S., change of scenery, be, being with Jokic. Vlatko's thing is, like, very, like, good for the locker room, especially for our type of, like, he's one of those, like, you know, you see him how he's, like, very fun, uh, fun-loving fun guy, and I think that's why Jokic loves him, because, like, he gets so him out of his shell. We don't speak much about Vlatko, you know. No one does. We need to. He, yeah, he, yeah. He will be master in, in Denver, I have, I have a feeling. Well, I, I guess I mean I, I love him as like even as a presence because that's yeah with with your MV, with your like best player you need especially with someone that that just doesn't exude as much of energy as Jokic does in, in you know because I think that's that's one of those things we always talk about Brendan here is with Jokic like there's a lot of like stuff that's obviously known about him but a lot of assumptions that are drawn from from U.S. media just by visually looking at him on the court but not understanding like serbians Mm -hmm. and how they are so Mm -hmm. with him there's a lot of stuff that even like even though sometimes you guys like when we when we listen to it's like oh maybe that's not really like what's going on and with him he's competitive it's just that he doesn't show it as much and and with Vlatko and then also with like he's fun loving and everything but with Vlatko I think he has that I think you guys I think you you might be the only ones that touched upon that when Harrison wrote that when he when he can get in his ear and just like you know, flip that switch in Jokic and like they're, tell him something. They're legit that's... friends, and um, you know, often when I'm trying to get a, a sense of what Jokic is thinking about something, it's a little easier to ask Vlatko because um, yeah. Jokic doesn't love to talk about it. Vlatko yeah, yeah. is the guy who told me exactly what you're telling me right now that he is a lot more competitive than you guys give him credit for, and like it's not surprising at all that he started throwing weight around after the games. Vlatko was a part of those sessions. Yep. Um, as you can see, yeah. uh, but that this was a guy who, who maybe he didn't stew over it in the same ways. There, Jokic seems to have a sort of healthy life basketball balance in terms of mentally where he's at. Yeah. But you better believe he like notices and cares that you know maybe he came up short against Anthony Davis when the team needed him. That stuff matters to him. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think Jokic is is a. I mean, having Vlaco around is great for Jokic's mentality. Someone he can relate to, someone he can literally just speak to without a language. Yeah. Such a, a thick language barrier. Um, and then, uh, like you said, I think he's the guy who gets in his ear sometimes and says, "Hey, man, like, forget all this noise. This is who you are." And, and yeah. so, uh, um, yeah, that the, the Vlaco presence I think is a big impact in Denver. Yeah, so that's what I mean. With I mean, again, same goes with if, if they pick Poku, that might also be a positive positive aspect of. Having those three guys together and and you know getting him you know under their wings and getting him working out because you know if if someone can bulk up another player it's it's Vodka. <laughs> uh, and, and to your point, yeah. like you know 
the expectations would probably be different for him in the States. Like, you talked yeah. about how he's sort of, that's sort of maybe the perspective on him is what he is as opposed to what he could have been. We're here, the expectations are lower, we may not know all about what he could have been, yeah. and he can sort of refocus on, on mentally just being a basketball player. Yeah, exactly. That that would be interesting, and and that would be really fun to see him, Barshan and and Jokic together, um, again because he's athletic too. Like he can catch alley oops and stuff. So that would be really interesting. One of those like you know parallel universes when where that happens that works out. Um, we're gonna finish up just uh, when know we we have you for an hour. So um, there's a, a cool question that I want to answer. Is like what player do we need in the uh, in this draft if you can create a prototype? Uh, so you know we listed a bunch of players so you can I mean I, let's do a Frankenstein experiment of pick every skill set that hmm. the best skill set of each player and and make a player that there will be like a you know championship bringer to Denver all right all right um well you I think you want Jalen Smith's rim protection uh I think you want Desmond Baines experience shooting off movement yep what are you thinking uh i think you want honestly i think you want josh's green athleticism on on that like quickness off the off the feet um so you said at that shooting i'm gonna try to pick like the best possible shooter there because bane is is one but i think might be boorish as shooting might be Mm -hmm. like his his pure form you saw the videos like how how it looks that's like the Euro smooth, you know, Serbian smooth, uh, smooth uh, touch. Um, Tillman's post movements and like defensive, like IQ. Mm, definitely, uh, that would be kind of yeah. That would be, and then uh, well, I guess the frame. Uh, yeah. Uh, How tall is Poku? Is mm. he cracking seven? Seven feet tall. Uh, is he cracking that? I mean, yeah, with a seven three wingspan. I think so. It's two fifteen. I, I think. Mean, yeah. I mean, I'll take Poku's height. You know? Yeah, that would be. F- <laughs> yeah, those that that combo, and I guess, and also Jalen's body size. If we're gonna go with. Yeah, yeah. We yeah. should take. Uh, we should take Poku's uh, tongue. So he, any draft player. Perfect. That's smart. Very smart. Seven feet. Seven feet. There you go. Yeah, that's a good one. All right. I mean, we we should wrap this up because this this was really fun. Uh, I hope oh, wait, everyone I enjoyed have, it. Yeah. I go for it. I would just like to go through my scout report. Oh yeah, go. For, let's go. Empty. <laughs> so yeah, I just want to say, like usually, uh, I don't read about draft until a couple of days before the draft, and then I go through ble- bleachers reports like uh, projections from top four, top thirty, and then I hear the name that's creating a lot of buzz that's outside of top five or out side of the, the lottery or top 10 and that's usually the guy the nuggets pick and in the morning when i wake up i read the nuggets pick blah 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 and they're like oh i heard that name oh it's mpj it's ball ball so that's why i'm not reading i i'm not superstitious i'm just little stitious to say like <laughs> michael scott uh so that's my like superstitious i'm not uh, gonna read about draft until the day before the draft I and like the nuggets will pick uh something that i heard of i mean brendan imagine if you didn't have to do like do all this scouting stuff and you just wake up to the draft that would be the better solution yeah man okay well (laughs) scouting stuff's hard i've got yeah got all the respect for the people who do that full time um and that's what it really takes by the way to when when i'm offering these these insights into these guys it's it's about how they fit in denver these insights are the work of people who who watch countless hours of film and and it's you know, as an NBA guy, it takes a lot of energy to commit to college as well as difficult. So my hat's off and my hands and thanks to, to those who do that work. Yeah, it's it's great. So, yeah, I would like to thank everyone for, again, uh, you know, thanking for sticking with us in English. Uh, we had a bunch of comments and I appreciate it. Uh, as I said, we're going to – what I said, Brandon, in, the, in, the, in Serbian – we want to, you know, we're kind of flipping between English and Serbian in the off season. We're trying to get as, you know, as best as guests as we can get. And, you know, if they're English speakers, so be it. And, you know, when we, when the season starts, we'll focus more on, you know, analysis in Serbian language. And, you know, there'll be a lot of hype trains going on and let's go Nuggets chance uh, on this podcast. So uh, I appreciate you coming here. This was, this was amazing. I love talking to you. I love talking to all you guys in DMVR and, um, that's pretty much it. I mean, I guess uh, I, I don't know if you can say anything in Serbian, but our chant here is when we finish, Idemo Nagetsi. Idemo Nagetsi.
Yeah, I'm not going to be able to say that, but I'm Let's with you. And, and I just want to say, uh, anytime, I'm happy to do this show anytime, except next time, Miroslav can't duck me, okay? He's got yeah, we, yeah, we got it. We got it. Yeah. He's, he's, he's big timing you, and, and you know, he wants to, wants to show up at the national television. Remember this when he's groveling for a Friday appearance. I will when yeah. he's trying to happen. <laughs> yeah. I, I was just about to say that. <laughs> just kidding. Much love, Miroslav. You're still the yeah. homie. Follow us on, follow us on Facebook, uh, Twitter. We, you know, we're posting, I'm, I'm posting on my Instagram a lot of uh, one upcoming shows. Shows. We're gonna have a couple next week. Uh, I think we're gonna have a Milo Shivanovic from from uh, one of the Serbian podcasts, like Shestalicno uh, or Six Personal, and we'll have another special episode on Thursday. Uh, you know, if the schedule holds, uh, we're gonna talk about some of the special moments and like important moments in mo- modern playoff history. We're gonna want to break, you know, kind of shake it up with uh, with all this like draft coverage and and uh, you know trade rumors and everything with a little bit of casual. I guess casual Thursday for us in this case. So, uh, thank you everyone. You know, like, share, subscribe, that kind of stuff. With the Mislov likes to say, uh, and have a great, have a great week. Pozdrav, ciao. Ciao, bok bok.